Hey everybody, welcome to a special Father's Day version of the WWB podcast. I have on our AEW um, hater. <laughs> no, AEW correspondent who, who, who does really good uh, work for us. Uh, and also the owner and proprietor of a wonderful organization in Florida. I'd like to bring in Mr. Randall. Mr. Randall, happy Father's Day, sir. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yes. Over from a hater. Uh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, man, I've been going through it this week, bro. I just, ugh, I, I, I got some sort of upper respiratory infection, undetermined. Uh, you know, everyone's like, you know, this or that. And, um, you know, they want to throw the COVID word around. But uh, I definitely know it was upper respiratory. So I was in the bed for like two and a half days literally didn't have enough strength to move like i was just weak bruh like just the the worst feeling ever just could not want to i just didn't want to get out the bed dude i literally one day i didn't i don't think i, I had one that one day i think i only ate literally like crackers and then the other day i had uh just the second day i think i had like two bowls of chicken soup and then i had crackers again and a lot of graham crackers and that was it so that was rough. I haven't been sick and I haven't been really sick, sick where you don't want to get out the bed for quite some time. Um, and it seems like a couple of friends are getting something like that. Something's in the air outside of the COVID. You know, there's other things that exist too, you know. <laughs> How has your health been this year, bro? Good? No, you haven't had caught in any um, sniffles or anything like that? You know what? So far, I've been pretty good. But, you know, outside of going places here and there, I don't really do as much, you know, <laughs> day-to-day stuff where I'm in a lot of public areas like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although yeah. I did go to a theme park yesterday, so there's that. <laughs> yeah, you're going to get theme park, uh, theme, <laughs> theme park-itis or something. Wow, you know, uh, yeah, it's been a r- crazy weekend in the pro wrestling world. Um, you know, we'll get into that in a moment, but uh, yeah, you know, Father's Day is a special day for a lot of men, and uh, I do, I'm very, uh, you know, supportive of fathers and what they do. Um, I, 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 a funny story just for, and then also I apologize to my audience. I apologize for you guys for not being able to put out as, as uh, you know, the uh, WWE. Uh, the raw recap with Chrissy uh, this week. I just literally been feeling terrible, so it was a lot to me to get up. Anyway, and I felt bad because Randall reached out to me yesterday, like, "Bro, we still on?" I was like, "Dude, I feel like garbage, dude." <laughs> <laughs> and, and he's he's really consistent. This dude's got a whole family and a child and a life and a and he's running a, a pro wrestling company and he's getting he's going to go to law school. This dude is just literally doing eighteen billion things, and I'm like barely can walk and he's like dude i'm you know you, we still doing this so i apologize to everyone for that but we'll get back on the horse um we'll get it straightened out um and everything but a funny story about father's day and then we'll talk talk about the the uh the jeff hardy situation and then we'll get into aew rampage and dynamite um so you know father's day my dad is uh he's a he's a really he's a, he's a peculiar person very peculiar <laughs> i love him to death he's a huge bruno san martino fan so i bought him a, a t-shirt for uh, bruno san martino's shirt uh last father's day which was dope uh but this year i didn't know what i wanted to get him and um 
Cause my dad is again He's a very peculiar person He really doesn't like gifts like that He's not really a person that it, Like something like that So randomly Let me look at what time I text my dad in the morning da, 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 da. Let's see Dad So I text my dad At 9.56pm On Friday Randomly Now I'm pretty sure He likes birds Cause my dad as a kid My dad had always had Like a, um, Like binoculars You know what I'm saying and mm-hmm. um, and I'm pretty. He's always he, my dad loves National Geographic and stuff like that. He's really into National Geographic. So as a kid, he would always have like the National Geographic magazine. He had a membership to them. Really good. I love National Geographic magazine even to this day. I absolutely love National Geographic because of my dad. And then he also used to buy the documentaries and we used to watch uh, you know PBS and stuff and all the different documentaries about animals, and nature. My dad is really into respecting nature. So I was like, I don't know, I'll get my dad. So I randomly text him at, just to confirm because, you know, I'm, as we get older, we forget things. So I say, Pops, I said, do you like, I didn't even say Pops, I said, it's Friday, 9.56 p.m. Do you like birds? <laughs> just randomly. Uh, <laughs> mind you, I don't text my dad. He doesn't respond to text often. Last time I had text him prior to that was March 27th. So and we talked about co- cocktail sauce. Uh, and what, what would be the best cocktail sauce for shrimp? So I just, I always text my dad random stuff. <laughs> so I'm like, do you like birds? And then he responds back, my dad, typical dad, uh, 3.53 a.m. the next day. <laughs> Pretty much, but don't know if I want to own one. <laughs> So I'm like, okay, so I don't want to, I guess I won't be buying him a cockatoo or anything like that. So the whole time I'm thinking about buying him, I'm glad he doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> I don't know if he knows how to use the, how to even get, download one. <laughs> I don't, uh, let alone turn off his iPad. But anyway, um, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, it's just so hilarious. If you just only knew my dad, he's so hilarious. Whew. So then, um, <clears throat> I go on to National Geographic because I love, you know, um, my dad loves National Geographic. So I go on to Amazon.com and I buy him this. To, and this whole thing so dope about Amazon because he took forever to get back to me. So I had to order it this morning. No, did I order it last night? Uh, probably last night. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I ordered last night or this morning, whatever. This morning. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I ordered this morning. Amazon has this thing where they can deliver the same day, right? Mm-hmm. Which is dope. Which I'm probably putting pressure on the whole system of Amazon because they have a their their logistics. You know, you, you, you when you put, when you do same thing next day, I know it's a lot of things that need to be moved around, you know, for them to do that. I was willing to pay the extra two bucks. So I ordered my dad this thing called the National Geographic Field Guide to the Birds of North America, 7th edition. couple things about this book. Hold up. I'm going to go. Are you, are you into birds? Uh, you know what? One time in life, I did go bird watching uh, when I was in middle school. But was it fun? I don't know if I'm... Uh, it was more fun than I thought it would be, but it was also cold that day. So I, I remember it being more cold than fun, but... You know, it was a group of us, uh, middle school, uh, the, the activity that we did where we all 
did a lot of outdoor type things like that. So, you know, it was it was cool to do something different than what we normally did. I've also gone caving and stuff like that too. So, you know. Yeah, I'm a little bit too urban for that, but I get it. Caving. <laughs> uh, Harry Tubman did enough caving f- for me. Um, I'm good on that. Nah, we, we talk real... Get, get in there, deal with the clay, the bats, the water, the stalactites, the stalactites, the columns, all that stuff. Oh Lord, oh, I'm, I'm okay. This is what this is what they say. <laughs> it sounds sounds interesting and terrifying at the same time. But um, this is the book. This is I just want to pat myself on the back. First of all, it's the number one bestseller on Amazon right now. Number one, number two, it ha- it has five stars out of four thousand two hundred thirty three ratings, which is pretty damn good. It said, uh, with more than 2.7 million copies in print, the perennial bestseller is the most frequently updated of all North American bird field guides, filled with hand-painted illustrations from top nature artists, including the ever-popular hummingbird. This latest edition is poised to become an instant must-have for every serious birder in the United States and Canada. (coughs) Excuse me. The seventh edition includes 37 new species, for a total of 1,023 species, 16 new pages allow for 250 fresh illustrations, 80 new maps, 350 map revisions with taxonomy revised to reflect the radical new American orthological society taxonomy established in 2016 the addition of standardized banding codes and text completely vetted by birding experts. I think I did well. And I'm tracking it as we speak because Amazon is dope. So I can see it as it goes to his door. And I, I like to surprise my dad from time to time by sending him random things to his door just as appreciation because I feel like a lot of dads don't, especially black fathers, as much as they talk crap about the bad ones, we don't talk about good ones like yourself, Mr. Randall. And um, we need to really celebrate black fathers and all fathers of all races because, you know, <clears throat> Being a man is not easy at all. Would you agree, Mr. Randall? Uh, it, it, it seems to have challenges in, <laughs> in different areas, but you know, I think a lot of people do. Hey, just so you know, if your dad does like birds, yeah, uh, if if he doesn't if he doesn't do a lot of streaming and stuff like that, he still watches like DVDs. Mm-hmm, he does. Uh, there is a movie you could he streams. No, no, uh, bear. Yeah, he's 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 like he's still on VHSs. To be honest, he's he's like. He's like twenty five percent VHS, uh, seven. Uh, I would say sixty percent stream. No, sixty percent DVDs, twenty five percent VHS. So that puts us at seventy five, and then the other fifteen percent is uh, streaming. But what were you gonna say? <laughs> well, there's a movie called The Big Year with uh, Owen Wilson, Steve Martin, and uh, um. Jack Black, which is uh, it's all about birds and birding. Really, and, the big year. So, yeah, it's a it's a comedy. Oh, uh, he loves comedy. You know, it has has a lot of funny stuff about it. We stumbled upon it a few few days ago and actually watched it. Nice. The, it's called the Big Year. Yep. Awesome. Okay, movie. You said Jack Black's in it. Jack Black, Steve Martin, and Owen Wilson. Nice. All right, I'll, I'll send that to my dad. 
But this happened. Um, a lot of things going on in the pro wrestling world, not just in AEW, but in WWE. We'll, we'll do a specialized episode for what's going on with Vince McMahon. Uh, we'll have, if Randall's available at the time, we'll, we'll try to get him on. And we'll also try to get on, if we can, uh, Mr. Bonner. Try to get you guys both on at the same time. Never had you guys on at the same time, so that'll be fun as well. Because um, that's something we really got to break down. Um, so, yeah. Your thoughts on the news of Jeff Hardy, again, struggling with substance abuse when it comes to drinking and driving. Um, what are your thoughts, man, um, you know, on that? Uh, did we talk about that last week? I think we did. But, we talked about it, um, you know, because Jeff Hardy just got in trouble now. Did he? This week. Uh, yeah, I guess it was. What yeah. else happened last week? I don't remember what it was. We talked but, about him just being like, just not being in the best of shape, like or or not shape, just 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 basically killing himself on well, you know in wrestling. Look, I'm in not, I don't I don't want to place blame because again I don't know the ins and outs of the entire situation. I mean, my observations of it have been pretty much said week in and week out regarding Jeff Hardy, where it's like, why is he being put in all these different you know, gimmick matches and, and and where he's taking these crazy bumps or on the receiving end of crazy bumps and stuff like that. And you saw how he got bumped and bruised and all that stuff and then had the issue in the match with at, at the pay-per-view. I'm like, look, we don't know for sure if that contributes, but it can't help, right? Exactly. So stuff like that is, man, you know, I, I just think that at some point you got to realize who, who you have and, and what you're working with. And just because somebody's beloved doesn't mean that they should be extracted for everything that you can get out of them. Um, now, that's, that's just me just looking at it just from the stuff that I've been saying week in and week out. Again, I'm not saying that that's the reason why, and there's absolutely responsibility that has to be taken up on his part. But, mm-hmm. look, the dude, he's, got, he, he's obviously got some issues that needs to be um, to be handled, and I also think at the same time I, I've never I'm not going to advocate for anybody to to have to be locked away for years upon years. But there needs to be some type of solution to prevent these type of things from happening. I, look, it's it's not it's beyond the well. He just had a few too many, and well, he just happened to get pulled over. No, this was this has happened more than once. It's at the point where, if I'm not mistaken. They had the thing on his car where he's not even supposed to be able to drive. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it, where it's supposed to be one, he's not his, his license is suspended. Two, I think they got the thing on his car where he's supposed to was it blow or yeah. something like that before yeah. it'll get on, and somehow he was able to get around that. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, come on, like you, something has to be done now. Rather than look, they repossess all his cars. Or, or or whatever. I don't know if it was his car, but whoever let him have that car, knowing and he had a suspended license, like, come on, like something something needs to be held accountable for that. Yeah, definitely. Every, everybody involved. Agree. I love your point, Randy. You make a great point. Yeah, it's it's tough. I, I have had people in my family deal with substance abuse, and even. Uh, family members pass away from substance abuse, so um, it's very something that's very close to my heart, and um, you know. I just hope that he can get it together. You know, you don't want to be endangering people on the highways. That's unacceptable um, at all. And like you said, whoever is his, uh, whoever's like, 
you know, who's watching over him shouldn't be let, you know, they, there was a huge lap of responsibility and things of that nature. And, and also there is a personal responsibility because addiction is tough and it's hard. And sometimes it just drives people a certain way. And it, 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 in some ways it can be very, it can be very difficult to control. So I have a lot of empathy because I've seen it in person. I've lived it, not myself, but uh, just being raised around people who've had those issues. So I understand it from a very intimate point of view. And, but at the I, same, would, I would also say, Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to say, I also suggest that people go to YouTube and check out Pro Wrestling Bits, who did a thing about it, right? Yeah. And, you know, it was kind of some of the same thoughts that I think, maybe it's that you and I had talked about it, we didn't talk about it on the air. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, if, when, when are people going to get the same outrage over Jeff Hardy as they would with, let's say, Sutton, right? Mm-hmm. Why do we have to wait till somebody kills somebody to the point where we're like, Hold them accountable. Stop them from doing stuff. Yeah. Like, we, we shouldn't get to that point. That's true. Yeah, because innocent people are, you know, you have to control your shit. You have to get yourself together. It's, it is a personal responsibility as well. Even though addiction is very, very hard, I get it. But it gets to yeah. a point where, you know, all the factors and tools available, take them if you can, please. Because at the end of the day, addiction does lead to a lot of people to death, and I have seen it. I just hope that we can get it together. So, Let's hop on yeah. over to uh, AEW Dynamite um, in your hometown of St. Louis, Missouri. Um, or they call it the Lou, right? Is that also something that you guys call it? The Lou. The Lou. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Home of Albert Pujols. And uh, uh, we're not going to talk about other things. We just talked about Jeff Hardy. <laughs> but anyway, um, let's get started. Chris Jericho versus Ortiz in the hair versus hair match. As if we needed it, but... I'll say this, and then I'll let you go, Mr. Randall. Um, it was a good match, actually. It was good. I mean, you know what? I, I, we talked about how sometimes AEW Dynamite booking and storytelling can kind of get kind of heavy. You know, it just kind of like can be bland and just be just thrown together. Actually, I like this show because of it being just different things, different 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 storylines were done. Um, different uh, type of matches, different type of presentation. The humor in there was really funny. We'll get into that as well. And I think it was a bounce back episode of AEW Dynamite, in my personal opinion. So, uh, yeah, uh, uh, the match was what it was. It was good. It was solid. Um, so, what was your thoughts? Two things about it. Let's, let's start off with the match was fine. But the two things about it was one, why did this match start the show? Mm-hmm. Right? And what this, this is the kind of thing that I'm saying as far as like missed opportunities that I that I just personally observed, and that you have a hair versus hair match. You start the show off with that. Why not build the anticipation for that? Like that's how you maintain the hey, we have we have a, a hair versus hair match coming up later on in the show. Somebody's going to lose their hair. Stay tuned. Let's find out what happens. But instead, it's Hey, we're starting out with a hair versus hair match. Here we go. Like, that's the difference between presenting and selling. That's the difference between you going up to a fast food restaurant and you just see all the items just out there on the menu versus you going to a nice steak restaurant and the person is telling you all these adjectives and adverbs describing the meal to get you to want (laughs) to buy the meal. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's, that's the type of stuff that I'm saying as far as, like, they took these gimmick matches on TV and, and like they're just throwing away in the first segment. And that's exactly what it is. You're just throwing it away. Because did they reference it later on in the show? Not really. I mean, Jericho does come out later on in the show, but 
It had nothing to do with this match. So, um, you have uh, you have that match. That was one one thought. The other thing is, it shows me that they realized that whatever was whatever with Sammy Guevara wasn't working. And to me, this is what what to me they took Scorpio Sky down because because Sammy Guevara wasn't working. They brought they brought Scorpio Sky down with them. And now they put uh, Sammy Guevara back where he was, and Scorpio Sky is back where he was instead of the people who wanted Scorpio Sky elevated. And they're like, "Nah, we don't want to do that." So uh, if, if if Sammy can't get elevated, nobody gets elevated in the situation. That's what I observe. <laughs> I got because you. you put you put him right back with Jericho, like he's right back to where he started. That's true. Nothing nothing is really advanced except he has a girlfriend. Yeah. I feel you on that. Um, with that, I'll say, yeah, I mean, I, I, honestly, I, I get what you're saying with the opening. You, you can try to build it up, but I don't know if it was worthy of that big of a build up for like the, the end of the show. I, I mean, we'll talk about the other matches later. It doesn't have to be the end. It could have been in the middle. Oh, uh, okay. I get you. Okay. Yeah, you're right. You, if you want to, if you want to kind of make it more special, I get what you're saying because it is a gimmick match. It is something that people I mean, you know, but I don't know if it was, uh, I get what you're saying, but at the same time, if somebody, this, what I'm saying is if somebody's putting their hair on the line and, and this is just me looking from a historical standpoint and just the spectacle of what it is, somebody's losing their hair. That's traditionally a money making match. One it's typically on things where it costs people money to actually see it. So they put it on free TV. Fine. Put it on free TV. Use it to maintain the audience, not just to kick things off. Like, again, I was at WrestleMania 23. My hair versus hair match was a pretty big deal. A mm-hmm. uh, pretty big deal there, right? Uh, I've seen I've seen it happen at WrestleMania 20, although it may not have been a big of a deal. It was a it was a big of a shock when Molly Holly got her hair cut against Victoria. You're right. So um, yeah, histori- I get you, you know, historically, yeah. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. You're right. Um, but we all know Chris Jericho wasn't getting his hair cut. He's he's holding on to what he has right now. So I I pretty much wasn't expecting Chris. Now if he that did, maybe it would have been a new Erico era of Jericho because I think if he gets his hair cut, unless he gets implants or a wig, Jericho because he's losing some hair. So. Um, <laughs> and he had luscious hair for a long time. He had some of the best hair in pro wrestling for quite a bit of time. So I think his, you know, uh, maybe, <laughs> you know, maybe he'll naturally lose a hair versus hair versus nature. That that'll probably be the loss that he'll have. <laughs> but yeah. uh, but anyway, so yeah, it was it was solid. All right, so now we're gonna hop over to Wardlow versus the Twenty Man Security. Now, uh, I liked it. A couple reasons why I like this match is first of all. A friend of the show, Kenny Alfonso, who was also at the um, uh, the the Battle Slam uh, Battle for ATL, uh, he was on. He actually got power bombed into the uh, into the uh, outside of the ring by Wardlow, and then he also ate the pin again from Wardlow uh, after coming back into the match again. Uh, so it was nice to see Kenny get on television. He's a very, very really talented person, really good human being, and I look forward to seeing big things popping for him as well. Um, this is to me. This didn't make sense in the sense of, first of all, why would the class action lawsuit? Um, what would so their whole benefit or their whole payoff is they get beat up by Wardlow after they just sued him for abuse of them and and beating them up and emotional thing emotional like. 
you know, emotional scarring or whatever the case may be. So basically he just beats them up and that's how they get their revenge. I don't, I didn't get that part of it, but other than that, it, it did its job. It got Wardlow over. He's a powerhouse. He's strong and he, he can just run through people. Uh, and it did what it needed to do. And from that point of view, other than that, from a, from a logical point of view, didn't make sense. But other than that, Hey, it did what it was supposed to do. Got Wardlow over. And then you even had some of the, uh, the, um, UFC legends. This is the thing that, that kind of aggravated me about Dan Lambert sending the top, the, the uh, American top team guys. Um, first of all, <clears throat> he sent up Tyron Woodley and Matt Hughes. I like Tyron Woodley. I think I actually could see him as a wrestler, honestly, in the future if he wanted to do that. Matt Hughes had suffered from a serious brain injury from a train, car, uh, inst- uh, train that hit his car uh, a couple years ago. And uh, he's, he's still getting himself together physically and stuff. So it didn't make sense to send out Matt Hughes with Tyron Woodley to go beat up Wardle because Matt Hughes is still recovering from a, a, a extremely traumatic, serious brain injury. And at first I thought he was just walking really funny because I didn't know who Matt Hughes was personally. I knew who Tyrone Woodley was. I didn't know who Matt Hughes was. So at first I thought he was just doing some sort of pimp walk and he was just like kind of strutting up there. But then as I paid more attention, I'm like, no, this dude has got some neurological things going on here. And then I went in online and looked it up and I'm like, yo, this doesn't even make sense. Why would you send a person who has a traumatic brain injury to go fight Wardlow? That, it made zero sense. Um, but again, it got, besides that ridiculous thing, it made Wardlow look strong. So I guess that something, what about uh, your thoughts? Man, I, look, I guess this is why this, this works because you, you had the, uh, the, the rosy picture of the thing. And I think that this was a dumb segment that, that, that really, it, it kind of just, Okay, if I had to, if I just had to guess of what's going on here, it was Warlow beat MJF. They had the Forbidden Door pay per view coming on. They didn't have Warlow figured into the Forbidden Door pay per view, so they said, "Okay, well, we won't have him involved with anything significant. So let's put him in something to keep him on TV." And somebody's like, "Hey, what should we do? Uh, hey, maybe Warlow should go after the TNT title." Okay, that sounds great. And then somebody else was like, nah, we can't just do that. Let's give him some wacky, tacky stuff to, to go along with it. Hey, they're not Mark Sterling, class action lawsuit. That's going to be a thing. And then the lawsuit's going to be settled by a 20 on one match. Wouldn't that be great? And somebody must have been like, well, that's brilliant. And it's stupid. Because, one, nobody believes that this is any type of real lawsuit. And again, I understand that people think, well, nobody believes wrestling anyway, so it doesn't matter. Okay, if they want to think that, you're always going to get the same money as you get. Two, um, this, it doesn't, this dude had all this momentum going on against the, against MJF. He beats MJF clean decisively. This stopped all his momentum because you put him in this goofy stuff that, that people are groaning about. Like, my audience in St. Louis, when he when he first came out there and he just saw all the 20 guys around him, there was some oohs and ahs. And maybe after a power bomb, but then people just realized, this is stupid. Yeah. People did not like this. It, and, and, and again, you're stacking people up. People are getting pinned with the chest down instead of the back down. Like, But everybody's just supposed to be like, oh, it's just supposed to be silly like that. It's wacky tacky. 
it's, it's not good. And, and, and see, here's the thing. It'll, it'll take the people who want to embrace wrestling as fun and wacky and all that stuff. It'll keep those people, but it'll turn people like me who don't like that stuff. And, and hey, okay, I'm invested in seeing Warlow thrive. And then you give me that, I don't want to see it anymore. So, again, it's those things where it's the opportunity cost. Yeah, you can do that, but if you do it, what happens when you do it? Who do you make happy? Who do you turn away? I, if, if, I, if I wasn't doing these reviews with you, I would not be watching this because it doesn't appeal to me. Yeah. But I'll, I'll analyze it and look at it, but why would you take this guy who had all this momentum, all this fan support, and then put him in this wacky 20-man against a bunch of people who are clearly ineffective? For what reason? What did, how does this help him? It doesn't. We've seen a world of uh, power bomb people and, and do a symphony and do all we've seen that already now put him in something meaningful he beat the guy that was holding him back and now since he's an actual member of the roster this is what he gets yeah. come on like it, it's, it's not it's not good for the it's not good for the growth I hear you yeah good points made Randall now we're going to hop over to the match. Oh, oh, oh. And, 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 the, and the top 10 guys, yeah. they, work for top, they work for Dan Lambert. They all, all of a sudden want to turn on them. Like, that doesn't make any sense either. Just because you're in St. Louis? Yeah. Yeah. But, all right. I, I, won't, I won't go into it. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. So we, we, get, we hopping over to Dax Harwood versus Will Ospreay. A um, <clears throat> couple things I noticed. <clears throat> Excuse me. Woo. I'm still, still trying to get together, folks. Bear with me. Um, again, no necess- uh, we're going to start with the positives here. The match was absolutely a banger. Uh, this left me with way more, a huge amount of respect for Dax Harwood. The dude chops trees with those chops, man. He was chopping. He chopped him all the way back to the UK. Uh, Will Ospreay, uh, the type of technician he is, how smooth, how quick, how powerful, how explosive. These dudes tore the house down, in my opinion. Um, this is free TV. And these dudes gave everything. And if for this, um, for me, I thought it was one of the best matches in <laughs> maybe one of the best matches of the year in all of pro wrestling. Um, it, it was physical. It was a, it, it was some, a couple things, the shotgun drop kick, um, the, um, it was just some crazy things that they did, but also the ground-based stuff that they did was amazing. It, it, it was it was absolutely amazing, great to watch. It was great to watch, and Dax being a, a tag team specialist, and um, and then me not being being aware who Will Osprey is, and uh, uh, and being kind of aware of his greatness and how good he is, but really seeing it in this match with two dudes that really laid it on. Um, honestly, I would do anything to see Will. I, I can't wait to see if, if Will Osprey comes back ever again. If he does some stuff against that, when Daniel Bryan's healthy and, and uh, when Moxley um, and Kenny Omega when Kenny Omega comes back, uh, you know, you know him versus Swerve would be great. Uh, I mean, there's so many people. Um, him versus Dante Martin would be dope. Um, so many people that could work with him. It was great. I, I loved it. Only thing I didn't love was the fact that he had, I know he wants to present, you know, it's free TV time and Tony Khan's doing a good job of trying to get other companies names on his program. And he does a lot of uh, good, goodwill for the pro wrestling world. Um, so the rev pro title, I didn't nest, you know, for people who don't know what rev pro is, the, the, the average person who's just watching may not necessarily know what rev pro is. Um, I do have an idea of what rev pro is. I, I'm aware. Um, <laughs> but uh, I just didn't know that title needed to be on TV, but uh, from the gear to the action to the physicality, 
Um, I liked it. I loved it. It was. I want some more of it. It was good. What was your thoughts? Um, look, I I, I like watching that Russell. Um, Osprey. I mean, that style that he does is not. It, it just doesn't particularly appeal to me. He's athletic. He can do moves. He can take moves really well. But the getting up after a, a move and and basically no selling stuff and just getting up and doing kickouts for the sake of kickouts and. And I'm going to point at you, and then I'm going to run, and like that just doesn't appeal to me. There's nothing about that appeals to me, but I do understand why people like that, right? Mm-hmm. But this is the part where I'm like, by the way, if, you, if when, when the Forbidden Door pay per view was announced, I I think I said to you, this pay per view is going to bomb. Um, and you saw the match that was announced for the pay per view after they. After Will Ospreay beat Dax, and then they attack Dax, and then everybody runs out. Like the person who comes and makes, I guess, a save is Orange Cassidy. Mm-hmm. He's going to face Will Ospreay. Mm-hmm. Who? I guess the only people who are going to buy it are the people who are already going to buy it. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I, I'm, I don't really understand how that's an appealing match to people. But okay, hey, if that's what people like, that's what people like. I feel you, but overall, you were you're a fan of the match, though. It was good. I I just don't like the I don't like all the the kickouts and kickouts and kickouts and kickouts. Yeah, there had to be at least at least at least, at least six kickouts. I'm pretty sure minimum. I'm pretty sure it was at least six kickouts. Yeah, it was a lot. Yeah, I mean that that style just doesn't appeal to me. Like I said, he's very athletic. He's good at taking moves. He's good at giving moves. Yeah, but. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, for me, yeah, it's extremely great. I mean, I just loved it. I, uh, like I said, the, the kickouts definitely work. My, my, kickouts work. My thing is, when, when people talk about Will Ospreay and they talk about how great he is, again, I, I think I say this point almost every week, you take the top 30 people in AEW, the top 30 people can basically do all the same stuff. It's not, nothing's really standing out for me that's any different than anybody else. I get you. Well, maybe it's par for the course with modern day wrestling. Unfortunately, like some of the rules just get thrown out of the window. Unfortunately, people, you know, the whole like really selling and sitting in a high impact move. Um, yeah, it, it was it, it was a high amount of kickouts that I did notice that in my brain. We also had John Moxley meeting up with uh, Hiro Tanahashi. Moxley gave a great promo, a little long with the promo, but hey, Moxley's a great talker. Moxley's great at. Uh, per, uh, Projecting passion It was nice to hear him Tanahashi say at least one thing Which was Shut up And then you know You had the little squabble there But <coughs> Excuse me <clears throat> But the whole Cluster F of the J The JAS With uh, Lance Archer And uh, Suzuki Gun And everything The thing I, I did appreciate About the show Is they really Over the last two weeks Have been trying to get people To buy into this forbidden door They, uh, they You know I do like that I, Part of me loves the fact That they keep trying to build and tie us back into it. And I think they're doing a better job this week, honestly. So I, I'm, not, I'm not always going to be Mr. Doom and Gloom. And as much as I'll be uh, critical, I can also give uh, good, positive feedback as well. But yeah, Moxley did his thing. It was cool. That was that. Uh, I just didn't know about this. Jericho, just his factions just continued to grow. Or maybe this is just a temporary alignment for Forbidden Door. But uh, what was your thoughts on the face down with uh, Mox and uh, Tanahashi? Well, first, I always say that uh, Tanahashi, I'm always happy to see on TV. Um, and that's that I was a, a, a significant part. But um, 
Tanahashi actually came and trained at the school back when I was at the at Team 3D. Are you serious? So, yeah. He oh, wow. Like, I don't know, a week or two? Something what, like that. Was he cool? You shook his Maybe hand and everything? Long. You shook his hand? Yeah, I mean, but that was back in like 2008 or nine. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it it was, uh, we've seen a few guys from there. So if any of the other guys come up, I'll, I'll tell you about them. But, um, but yeah, I mean, he's obviously, you know, great in New Japan. And, um, you know, the, the segment as far as he and Moxley, I guess New Japan's been building that for a few years as far as, like, Moxley wanting to face Tanahashi. But, um, you know, you bring back Jericho and introduce the, uh, Sammy and Ty into the, the Jericho Appreciation Society, and then you have all the other guys. So like, again, it's fine. It's building for the pay-per-view. And to me, that's the type of stuff that kind of would sell the pay-per-view. You know, you don't have to have the, the long matches with people to really get them in because there's some, there, there is something to... Once people have already seen certain guys or the new guys, like, if you have Osprey, right? Here's just, this is just an example, and this is just, again, my own philosophy... It's not saying that it's right or wrong. There's more than one way to do everything. But if you have Will Ospreay, and he's somebody who, and I guess it's a little bit different because you have YouTube and people can look him up and see old matches and stuff, but why show him on TV when you're trying to sell a pay-per-view, right? You can put him on TV and you can, um, you know, maybe show him to the people, maybe give him a match where he's easily winning it, showing off some of his key moves and stuff like that so they know what to look for. Uh-huh. But don't put him up against, like, you know, I would say Dex, even though he's in a tag team, I'd say Dex is like a top guy, right? So don't put him up against him. He has a good match, but I've already seen Will Ospreay have a full-fledged match. What I need to buy a pay-per-view for? Uh-huh. So it's kind of the same thing with, like, this, this segment here. You've given people a reason to want to see these guys fight if they if they care about them. Mm-hmm. So then, okay, well, all right, I could get interested in in that, right? But you know, that's just my thought. Cool. But mm-hmm. it was fun. All right, and we had Miro back going against Ethan Page for the all you know the, their place in the All Atlantic Tournament. Uh, Miro looks a billion bucks. He looks amazing. He. Uh, him and Ethan Page go at it, and Miro gets the W as necessary. So, yeah, I think Miro should be the guy that, to, in my opinion, I think he should win the uh, the All Atlantic Championship, and he should hold it. He should be the first inaugural person. I think he's a legitimate badass. He beats the brakes off people. He's stiff as hell, strong as hell, solid as hell. Great promo. Uh, Miro is by far one of my favorite people, and honestly, maybe somewhere down the line, in, the, in, in whenever this happens. I can see him being the All-Atlantic champion and being the AEW champion at the same time. <laughs> I would like that. Well, apparently, apparently there's some rule that says you can't have two titles because if that was the case, why didn't Warlow go after the interim title and TV title too, or the TNT title too? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm being facetious, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think you had too much St. Louis ribs today. All right, so, <laughs> so what did you think about the Miro match? Uh, it was fine. I mean, they they put two heels up against each other, but I guess they kind of want to go against the grain and not have heels and billion faces. So the match was fine. There was no no problems with it. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So now we have a big match: Tony Storm versus Britt Baker. Tony Storm for uh, the Australian versus Britt Baker, the 
you know, the the fan, all the fanboys love her, um, whether she's a heel or whatever she may be at whatever given time in any given city. Uh, Tony Storm gets the W over Britt Baker. A couple things that did stand out to me in this match. First of all, Tony Storm looks absolutely amazing. She looks like a superstar. She has that. And hopefully they can continue to build her up and, and, and to bring her, just make her a superstar. She has the look. She has the charisma. She has, you know, th- uh, you know all the things that you would want from a person that's going to be on national television. Um, the corner hip check that she gave Britt Baker in the corner, that hip bump, oof. I was like, that shit rung my bell from home. I thought I got a grade three concussion because it looked like Britt, even though she kind of aimed for the, the, the shoulder, she rocked Britt's noggin. She, she scrambled those eggs. And, um, but then Britt kind of sold it too uh, with great psychology. And, and I legitimately thought Britt might have been concussed or something and, and tried to get the roll of pins. It was great heel work there. Um, great match. Only thing I would say is Tony Storm got to do a little bit better with those German suplex. She does not get enough, maybe because she's short or something, but it just seems like she doesn't get enough elevation with it. But other than that, hey, she goes over Britt and Britt doesn't, you know, Britt's been getting some L's recently. So, hey, happy to see Tony Storm getting built up. Nice to see. What about your thoughts? The match was fine. The only thing that I would actually question is why they have Britt lose to Ruby what was it, last week or the week before, uh-huh. whatever it was, and then lose to Tony Storm this week. Like, if she was the longest reigning women's champion or however long it was, like, to me, it would make more sense to have her, you, you space those losses out against those that's, types of people. That's true. Because, that's true. Because, you know, give that person, oh, she beat Britt Baker. Now it's like, well, she beat Britt Baker. I guess Ruby did too. So, but, you know, you this is how you highlight spotlight, focus on people. You know, you you space those things out so that way those those wins and losses kind of go. And you're like, wow, she beat the the former champion who held it up for however long. Mm-hmm. You're right. You're right. That, that, you're right. The pacing, the spacing could have definitely been. Yeah, it's hard to see that on t- television back to back. And it kind of like, where does that put her in, in the championship reign? And we still haven't seen Nyla Rose. I don't know if she's hurt or not. Uh, oh, no, we saw her recently. Uh, but yeah, but still, like, we got to get her back in the pictures too, as well. So, you know, interesting things. Um, I'm glad to see Tony Storm did a promo, at least, you know, before the match. Because I think I said that a couple weeks ago. It's like, well, why am I supposed to. She's, she's capable and good in the ring, but there's nothing that I'm really seeing really about her that besides, well, it's Tony Storm. Well, at least she did a promo, so that's good. Yeah, yeah. And then we had the, the Young Bucks versus Jurassic Express initially was scheduled to be a three-way situation um, with the Hardys, but we know what's going on with that. So Bucks get the W over Jurassic Express. Finally, mercifully, the titles are on a team that the Bucks have needed. It. The, the one thing I respect about the Bucks initially, I thought maybe because they are like EVPs, I don't think that that's a thing anymore um, in AEW EVPs anymore, but... Um, I thought that they were always going to have this stronghold on the title and it's always be like at the top of the chase. And honestly, the Bucks have been um, kind of laying low for quite some time um, out of the spotlight in terms of, you know, they've been on TV and stuff, but they haven't been in terms of the, the major title picture consistently. And um, so the Bucks got the titles back. I think it's, it's good to put it back on them. They have the heat. They can continue. Maybe they can bring the elevation back uh, to the titles and then uh, get some fresh matchups going. Um I was really wanting to see the Hardy Boys versus the Bucks again. And uh, maybe the Hardys getting a legacy W 
over the Bucks as they build a rivalry. But at this point, we definitely don't. I don't know whenever if Didn't ever that will happen. Yeah, they did. I'm saying, but but for the titles though, eventually, I want to see this rivalry continue. More story to be told. Saga, part one, part two, part three type thing. But um, they get the W over Jurassic Express. The biggest thing noteworthy is Christian turning on Jungle Boy, which has been in the making for months. Tony Khan, we will give you a clap here. When Tony does... When he hits on this long-term storytelling, he hits. To me, this hit. The way I'd like to challenge you for a second, though. No, we ain't going to challenge you right now. Hold up, hold up. Hold up. Let, me, let me finish my thought, Mr. Cornette. Um, Jerome Cornette. Um, <laughs> but, all right, so here's my thing. Long-term storytelling. You know, Christian Cage initially came in individually as the, you know, outwork, out hustle, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then he got with Jurassic uh-huh. Express and he was neutered in a lot, in a lot of ways. And, uh, and you saw, he's sitting watching these guys. They get the titles. And then you see the, you know, Jurassic Express, not necessarily, uh, you know, it's the so-called bringing, as much, keeping the prestige, the shine, prestigious, prestigious shine that they deserved, so to speak. And the whole time, Christian is plotting. And waiting, and plotting, and waiting, and plotting, and waiting. And then finally, as Jungle Boy makes his way to that rope. <laughs> and I love, this is my part I love. <coughs> Christian <laughs> grabs him like, like this frantic grabbing. Like this frantic squirrel, this evil squirrel grabs him, puts him um into his move, what was that? What was the move called? Uh, the kill switch, the, the kill switch, yeah, the kill switch, the kill switch, yeah. And he rolled. <laughs> I, I just love to heal Christian, I really do. I'm already loving this heal Christian already. He rolls up to him, <laughs> looks at his face, and he like, he like, he like, he like grabs his face and he like, like wipes his hair. And then he's like, <laughs> then he like goes and gets the chair. And I think this is the concerto, right? Or a modified, well, yeah. a modified concerto? No. Hold on, 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 hold on. Because when they did the concerto, it was a standing concerto back in the day. It was not a, it was not, it was not a laying down concerto. The original concerto. Well, the only way they can do it when it's one person. Yeah, I got you. I'm saying, I'm saying. But back in the day, the original concerto was it wasn't at a standing like they would take. So basically, the person's standing and they slap the chairs together. Am I correct? Yep. Lord, I wish I, I hope that people had like some um, like some earplugs when they did that because that shit will fuck you up. And regardless of the of how they they work it so that it don't they don't really kill someone, but that shit can really fuck your ears. It's still a loud metal clash near your ears. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that was always kind of. I'm glad they don't do that anymore. But yeah, this it look it it looks crazy on TV. It does. Even as a person who understands how some of the things they do, how they work certain things, but it still looks crazy. And then um, the the even more heelish thing that Christian did, taking off his jacket, um, which he struggled with for about uh, 30 seconds, <laughs> which was still funny too. And he threw the leather jacket on his face as if it was like a dead body. And I was like, damn, that is some great heel psychology. Positives, Randall, first, sir. Go right ahead. Well, the question that I had is, you said it's long-term storytelling. Mm-hmm. What was the what? What was the story? The story is, 
I'm just saying it's this, this long term storytelling in the sense of the, of the, the heel turn like Christian getting with Jungle Boy and then him kind of being passive aggressive with certain things like booking matches ahead of time where where they uh, you know they didn't ask for certain matches and he would say certain things and he would and then sometimes Christian would be just a little late when um, they're getting beat up it's all these little small Easter eggs that um, I've been following for several weeks and even several months and um, and it's been just it's been uh, snowballing into the impromptu match that Christian so-called booked which the, the Jurassic Express didn't plan and they lost uh, and and then eventually <coughs> him turning on him because I saw it you saw some of the foreshadowing of events so that's what I say when it comes to that I think it's been something that's been snowballing and, and getting more momentum it hasn't been something that has started off like really crazy and then uh, been con- consistently crazy but it's, I think it's been going from a like very midpoint and then getting more and more and more closer to that breaking point so what are your positives here of the match, Mr. Randall the Great. Uh, the positive was that they waited for the main event to do the ladder match and actually built anticipation for it. Mm-hmm. Um, the again, the matches, the ladder matches are going to be ladder matches, right? You're going to get all the bumps and all that stuff that people like to see. That's fine. Um, I again, I'm not trying to be negative. I just, <laughs> I know a lot of, I know a lot of Hold people. Up. Go ahead, Renda. I, I know a lot of people have been talking about the Christian heel turn coming. I know it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And I guess my question is, well, yeah, look, I, I, I know from watching it, the AEW has done stuff to make people believe that this is going to happen. Some of it is stuff that, like, there was a few weeks ago where there was a camera angle that they did and the way that they... Yeah, it looked like he's about to turn right the angle. Yeah. Yes, the way that they focused the angle said that the camera director thought, uh-oh, it's about to happen now, and, you know, in the way that they're showing the show, and obviously nothing came of that. But to me, that's not really a story. That's, that's the fan, that's, that's the, the show letting you know, okay, this is, this is something that's going to happen. Like, um, I, I'll, I'll wait for the explanation. But it's going to be a pretty good explanation because the, the thing is, is that if you're going to turn on somebody, why, what, what, what was the purpose of the turn after the match? Like, they already lost the title. It's not like Christian did anything to cost them the title. So I'm, I'm saying, but it, Christian, even, if but, I'm mistaken, but it makes it even more egregious because they, you know, they're demoralized and you're expecting him to like support him. And he did. He played the card. He, he misdirected us. He was like, yeah, I'm helping him out of the ring. Oh, nope. No, motherfucker. So it's like, it makes it, it adds insult to injury in my opinion. That's how I look at it. Um, I mean, but I guess my point is what's the point in going out there and like do, doing the stuff where didn't he go out and didn't somebody come out and then he ran that person out? Didn't he run like Cutler or somebody else or something like that during the match? Christian, uh, he ran. He did. He, he ran down there and basically chased somebody else off. Mm-hmm. So I guess my thing is going to be is this explanation. It, it, I'll just wait and see what the explanation is. But to me, this seems like one of these things where fans all of a sudden started calling that Christian is going to turn. And since that had been on the internet for so long, to me, this is the part where sometimes like the company 
can kind of get lazy. Well, they know that it's coming, so we don't really have to tell a story because the fans want to see it. They, like the foreshadowing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, to celebrate. I mean, unless, unless you're trying to say, well, he was trying to get the belts off of them. Okay, you know, every time you put them in a match and they're like, what? Huh? What? Why? I, okay, if you're going to tell that story, then it would seem to me like after a certain point when they keep winning that he would just go ahead and cost them because he, if he's jealous of them or why are, there, why are they getting this, it would make sense for him to just go ahead and take action into his own hands if that were the case, right? But they lost the title. If he got what he wanted, there's no point in attacking him, right? Or, but hey, I'll wait for the explanation. Yeah, Christian's going to make a great heel. I think he'll add a lot of depth to the roster that way. And if he gets, if he's back in the singles action, he's, and he's, you know, he's working it and doing his thing. Also, uh, so yeah, so I'm excited about it. It's, it's something that I'm going to re- really be following. Also, Willow, Willow Nightingale, um, as we'll notice, this will be a rampage. She, her, and Stokely, uh, uh, you know, uh, Stokely. Uh, it was nice to see them have the little backstage stuff. Stokely is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, he's super funny, and uh, Willow, great great way to, 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 to talk and to build herself up there too as well. So um, we're going to hop over into Rampage, which to me was really good. Again, it uh, looks like uh, in, in quite a few ways, uh, <laughs> AEW has bounced back with a solid week of programming. That was good. Um, hold up. Let me do this. <clears throat> so let's go over to Rampage here. I have my Rampage notes. Let me grab my Rampage. Yo, again, uh, so let's hop over to that. Give me one second here. Man, I'm overheating. I need to, like, it's one of those things where I try to keep my AC at a certain thing. Like, I turn, like, it's like 90 degrees, but at the same time, I don't want to be cool air all the time. I don't think that's, like, healthy. Isn't, isn't that true? Like, to have the AC on all the time, that's not good for you, right? I don't know. I keep mine on all the time. Is that why you always sound like you're stuffed up? <laughs> oh, well, there we go. <laughs> I want to know what your non-stuffed up voice sounds like. You probably sound like, uh, you probably sound, you know, way different. <laughs> now, honestly, where do you keep your heat at? Where do you keep, where do you keep your AC at? Do you, what, 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 I'm just curious, what degree? Uh, probably like 76 or something like that. Oh, respectable. Okay, I respect that. Okay. I always keep mine's right around. Yeah, about the same thing. Because sometimes it, it's got to be on all day though for to basically maintain that here because it gets so hot. That's true. Yeah, especially in the in the southeast. Yeah, man, this was a to me. I actually like um, this rampage a lot in a lot of ways. We're gonna hop into it. Um, uh, Jade Cart. Let's let's go down the line here. We had Dante Martin and John Moxley. Another match again. They re- they've wrestled each other several times. Uh, it was nice to see, even though we know da- Dante has just gotten better. Uh, I-, I just wish I want him to get better with a promo. He needs something short. Maybe he needs he needs to join the baddies or something. Or maybe wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. They cut a whole promo for Dante Martin on Wednesday on Dynamite, and they have carried that over to Rampage. Are you telling me you did not catch the biggest thing with Dante Martin over this week? What you mean the promo? You mean like they just, just displayed his stuff? It's like it's just how good. No, he they did. They did a whole promo with him and Matt Seidel, and here we are, the weekend of Father's Day. And hey, what else is today? Today is Juneteenth, right? Yeah. 
nothing since Juneteenth than introducing a new nickname of a black guy of Inhuman. <laughs> That's his new name, in- Inhuman? Yes, the Inhuman, Dante Martin. <laughs> what? You didn't, you didn't catch that? No, where was it? <laughs> I'm shocked. I watched they introduced that. They introduced that on Wednesday. Matt Seidel was like, "He's inhuman. He's inhuman." <laughs> and then you have Excalibur on Friday night saying, "Wow, Dante Martin, he's in, he's inhuman." Maybe, like, I, maybe, maybe I was still recovering from my upper respiratory condition. Um, I yep, didn't. nothing says Juneteenth like calling a black guy inhuman. <laughs> Lord, that ain't good. They gotta call him. Call, I don't just call him um, Dynamite Dante or some shit like that. That's no. that that pretty good right there. Or Dynamite Demi- Dante. Or, or Demolition Man Dante. I don't know about that one. No, Demolition oh. Man. Hell yeah! One of the greatest movies of all time. You crazy? Too many, too too many letters for a T-shirt. Too too much stuff for a. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm just saying. I, I, I just I just thought, man, AEW, they know they know what they're doing. All right. Inhuman. Oh, you sound like a um okay, give me one second. Let me, let me t- turn this AC on, give me a second here. Yeah, but uh, him and Moxley go again in another war, uh, physical. Dante seems to be getting more and more offense each time, which is great. Getting closer and closer, and they even talked about it on the stage. And and the Dante, um, he just got to grab the fucking bull by the horns and get his promos. He's got to – it's something <sighs> – it's like I've never seen someone so talented. Well, you see plenty of people. People, people could say Shelton Benjamin vibes in some ways. Um, but Dante is by far one of the most talented high flyers in all of pro wrestling in the world, period. But you still can slow down a little bit. You still can work on pacing and promo. The dude has what you want to be literally a superstar in terms of just performance ability. The dude has it all. Um, and, and it's nice to see him with Moxley, the match. You know, obviously Moxley wins. But uh, I, I just hope that he can take the bull by the horns, whether that's working on his promos, going fiercely. I don't, I, I don't again, I'm not behind the stage. But I, I want so much more for this young man. I think he's just so world-class talented. And, and I want him to, to really get the shine. Um, and maybe, you know, we'll see. It's to be seen. But, uh, yeah, it was a good match. I liked it. I, I loved the way that the match started. I loved the show that it started. But, hey, didn't win. So Take but. your messages real quick. Mm-hmm. But it was, uh, yeah, it was, the match was fine. Yeah, cool. Match was, match was fine with uh, Moxley. Again, it makes sense for Moxley to win. He's going on the face. <laughs> oh, inhuman for real. I see it. <laughs> what does this look like? He's a- going it sounds like a, a, a like like a, a, you know how you buy those noodles from like CVS like the dollar cup noodles in human <laughs> noodles yeah so the match was solid so hopping over into 
Um, yo, I, for some reason, bro, I do love, <laughs> I do love the acclaim, bro. I do. I'm so sorry in the gun club. I love these dudes. This is like classic pro wrestling, cringeworthy, borderline cringeworthy. Um, in, uh, you know, it, it's almost, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's in, it's in so many ways, it's like, it's, it's wrong, but it's right. <laughs> but I love the, they bring something new to the match. The match was very short. I love to see Leon Ruffin. Uh, they call it. They called him Roughing It. Uh, he was also performed at Battle Slam ATL, and I've seen him several times. Really talented brother. Also, former NXT guy. Uh, really good talent. Um, but didn't last long. But yeah, but I just want to talk and focus on <laughs> the Gun Club and Matt Caster, who dropped the line about NDAs. That was crazy as hell. I was like, bro, that was a low blow. <laughs> yeah, next time they go to the same little people murder rate stuff out their mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was tough. Yeah, that was a little. Yeah, that was. You know, hold up. Yo, and then also, um, Jade Cargill. I uh, love the. Uh, just love hearing from her. Love seeing her. Stokely um, got slapped in the back of the head during the 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 Jade Cargill. Uh, in the right, no, it was right. It was after the right, right after the match. But yeah, uh, let me get my my druthers together. Jade Cargo and Will William Knight, Willa, Willow Nightingale. Um, this is Jade Cargo's best match in my opinion across the board. Willow Nightingale did an excellent job here. Jade Cargo, ten times smoother. The pacing was amazing. The physicality was amazing. The bump she took too with the uh, the Santon bomb on this. I thought she got her head separated from her shoulders as well. Uh, it was a great. It's the best match that Jade. Car- he's just gotten better. And Willow, if she's not a full time person on this roster, she needs to be. Um, Jade and Willow tore it down. It was hilarious. It was great. Uh, I, I thought it was super hilarious when um, Stokely got smacked upside the head by uh, <laughs> Chris Statlander. <laughs> that cracked me the hell up. Yeah, Jade just continues to, 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 to do her thing. And, and honestly, she's one of the most important things on all of AEW television programming. Willow's stock has gone up tenfold. Amazing match. Happy to see it. What was your thoughts? Jade Cargo, Willow Nightingale. Uh, the match was fine. I mean, Willow pretty much went out there and did what she needed to do to to to, to get Jade as far as like showing that Jade is, is the dominant person that she is. So the powerhouse, isn't she? She, she all the like all because Willow, you know, she's 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 a bigger she's bigger bigger body person, and Jade. It, I like sometimes I do like seeing Jade against bigger women. You know, at this point, I think I like I just like it because it's like. You gotta show her her superhero like strength more. Like when she's rushing a lot of these smaller women, it's like yeah, it's good she's dominating and just tossing them around. But I love seeing her like pick up Willow Nightingale. I love seeing her squat her. I love seeing her toss her around because it's like yeah, more superhero. What do you think about her with bigger opponents? Do you like do you like that now? Do you think she should kind of go that route here on out? I mean, there's not going to be a bunch of people that are going to fit that category, but. Yeah. Um, who she's who who she's physically going to look smaller or you know in any type of you know physical limitations against who it would look like, but yeah, I mean that's fine. You always want to do stuff like that to to establish the power of people. They used to have Lex Luger pick up people in the torture rack who were 
you know, a lot bigger than him. So, like, seeing the visual of him putting uh, Paul White's Big Show or mm-hmm. the Giant at the time on his shoulders was, you know. So, oh, man. I, uh, r- real quick side note. Um, I know that uh, this, this is the AEW stuff, but yesterday I saw that Dave Hebner, former WWF referee, passed away. Who? And Dave Hebner, not his, his brother. twin brother of Earl. Dave Damn, Errol. yeah, I know he is his twin brother. He's a ref as well, right? Yeah, they, he was the the ref Damn. Um, for the WWE for a while. But now I'm just saying that Tim White has passed away. Tim White. Uh, yeah, he was the referee in the '90s and 2000s. WCW. Early early 2000s with WWE as well. Wasn't he with WCW I, as well? No. Okay. He was a WWE referee. His whole career? He used to drive. Yeah, he used to drive. Um, he used to drive uh, Andre the Giant around, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. Um, you know, years before. But I literally just saw that on uh, Twitter or something. Ago. Yeah, I see it on comedy.com. Well, rest in peace to, to, to Tim White. Um, you know, rest in peace to him. Yeah, sorry to hear that. Ah, you hate to hear. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> You hate to hear quick, that. Quick thing about him: he got he he was a referee in the WWE till about 2002. Regularly, mm-hmm. he got hurt in a Hell in a Cell match with Triple H to Jericho at Judgment Day. How did uh, that year? What happened? what happened? There was a bump. I can't remember if it was on top of the cell or if they went. Or I don't know if they smashed into him and knocked him into the cell. It was something like that, but he got hurt, like maybe a shoulder or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he was out for a while. He came back briefly, and then um, they it, he he didn't really stay on full time at that point. And then he did some skits, which I'm not going to talk about now. And then um, uh, and then yeah, that was pretty much I think the last one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, yeah. Well, let's, let's just get back to Dynamite. I just saw that and then just figured I should say it. Mm-hmm. Well, it, uh, yeah. Another thing, too, which is crazy, uh, Swerve and Keith Lee are absolute diamonds, bro. Huge acquisitions. Uh, nothing more illustrates this in the back with the natural face of Swerve when he was talking, when they're being interviewed, his face Swerve was making. It was like Swerve understands the little small points of psychology and just, just character. And, uh, and then Keith Lee's pissed face. And he's like, dude, you know, they're arguing over because, you know, Swerve eliminated him in the, in the Royal Rumble. And he was like, hey, every man. And then uh, Keith Lee said, instead of using his overly dictionary words, you know, his super, his Encyclopedia Britannica words, he said, kick your ass. Like, he, he got into a little AAV, African-American English there. I love that part of it. And, uh, and then, you know, it just, it just, it's interesting. And then, then you had Ricky Starks and Hobbs. Is this war ever going to end? And at the end of the day, um, I need these teams to be elevated into championship 
contention. Um, they got the opportunity before, but I need them to consistently be in the top or just break them up. But again, it seems like it's going to be Swerve going against Keith Lee. What did you think about this backstage segment, though, specifically um, when it comes to just performance and being impressed? Because honestly, AEW doesn't have a lot of people that can really carry a backstage segment overall out of the whole roster. It's very, I would say, less than 20% of their roster is, is like good at carrying backstage promos. Um, I... I'm trying to figure out the best way to say this. I I don't have a problem with the partners having conflict. I question why this is supposed to be a conflict or why this is really a story. Like, because I think that you said last week, oh, Swerve is going to turn heel, and I was like, okay, if he does, but if this isn't, if it's because of this, that doesn't make any sense. It's a battle royal where they're trying to get a, t- a chance to win a single title. <laughs> Somebody was going to have to get eliminated at some point, right? Like. Yeah. The other thing, though, on the flip side is, from a strategy standpoint, just just looking at the psychology of it, it's dumb on, on Swerve to eliminate Keith Lee because if you have your partner, both of you can work together to eliminate other people. Uh, but uh-huh. but um, for Keith Lee to be upset, like that doesn't make any sense because no, he, be upset. it's a battle royal. Yeah, I get, it. I get it. It's it's all it's every man for himself. But at the same time, you're like you know, out of all the people, like you said. You at least could have, we could at least could have faced each other at you know looked out for each other and didn't do, doing it that way. So well, but on the flip side of that though, Keith Lee is a bigger guy, which could technically mean maybe he's more of a threat. And if you're trying to win the single title, mm-hmm. maybe you want to get rid of the bigger guy, true. Even if he is your partner, that's true. But, but he, he can still feel some type of way about it. He can't just be like, I'm not going to just let someone just dump me out of the thing, partner or not. I'm like, yo, that's I get it, I get it. I'm pissed, I get it, but you know. Yeah, but the reality is, is that this this battle royal happened. When, when was the battle royal? Was it this past week or the week? It was the week before, right? Yeah, yeah week before. So, so ten days later, people gonna be mad, really? <laughs> I mean, ten, not not just mad, but ten days later, he's gonna have that look on his face and be that upset. Ten days later, that's all I'm saying. It's like, dude, you wouldn't be mad. You would be you would be mad that night. You might be mad that Friday, but by the week, by, by a week and a half later, you you kind of move on. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. Okay, but I get to think of the other stories. Yeah, yeah. I just love the charisma of them both. Um, now we're going to talk about the death-defying Darby Allen versus Bobby Big Blowfish. And when I say Blowfish, Bobby likes to he likes to he likes to he he likes to get in his shots and this match was again Darby just has this pennant for he he reminds me of Jeff Hardy so many different ways in terms of the physicality and just the, the, the devil may care mentality the dude just throws all caution to the wind he'll do whatever it takes and uh, Bobby Fish beat the absolute pain off of Darby <laughs> it was a slobber knocker of, of anything uh, the second rope mega dives the the clip the when when Dar- Darby uh, did a spot when he had leaped to the outside and he got clipped by Bobby Fish, and he hit it like he hit like his shoulder. Um, it was re- crazy. Uh, the dragon and screw into the barricade several times. The, dra- the coffin drop on the outside. Um, I had put notes. I said, "How many Advil does RB take after a match?" You know, the release German suplex on the outside of the ring. Um, this match was just super crazy, super physical. It was, it was, uh, yeah, they beat, this was a, this was a, this was, this was a, this was damn near a street, uh, a street fight. Uh, 
<laughs> in some ways. And then we had Sting come back as well. And Sting looks good. Paint looks good. Paint, happy to see Sting ha- healthy and back. Uh, but this match was absolutely brutal. Uh, yeah, I had, to, I had to take some Advil myself after watching this match. What were your thoughts? I mean, it was a, it was a Darby Allen match where he's going to get hurt. He's going to get beat up. And he still likely wins, depending on the situation. So, I mean, it was... Uh, it was it was it was fine. No, I'm not gonna um, complain about that match. Yeah, Bobby Fisher's plays a great heel. He's he and he's veteran. He's savvy. He's smooth. He he, he and uh, he's 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 an honorary little bastard. Um. So yeah. So that's that. Uh. So putting together uh, St. Louis AEW Dynamite and Rampage, a dramatically better show in my opinion. Happy to see uh, people with some returns. Um, and some good storylines being pushed forward to be continued. Um, and I think they, 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 they got a better show. Um, final words, Mr. Randall. Um, again, I, I, um, would you I say a better, some- would you say a better show this week than last week though? I don't know. Uh, as far as dynamite, cause I didn't watch yeah, dynamite, yeah. last week. Um, <coughs> excuse me. I don't know, man. That twenty man, that twenty man against Warlow match was. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I guess okay. Yeah, sure. Well, okay, it was better, better, better than last week. That's a low bar. That's a very low bar. But I'm just saying, I think that they they need to come up with some serious plans because I don't know if you saw the ratings for this. But, you know, it's not like the National Hockey League is the most popular league in the uh, United States. Mm -hmm. And for hockey to take away so much of the audience, by the way, that tells you a lot about the audience of AEW. Mm -hmm. Um, But for hockey to take away the audience of AEW and drop it down to 700 and something thousand people, that's not a good sign. Mm Mm-hmm. That means you got about 200,000 of your people who said, mm, I'm going to watch these Stanley Cup finals more than I'm going to watch this this match that's leading to the, or this, this show that's building towards this, uh, this pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, they need to really kind of look at that because that's, that's not good. But that shows that they need to kind of diversify their audience. Mm-hmm. No question about it. No question about it. Well, guys, thank you for coming on a special Father's Day edition of uh, AW Dynamite and Rampage Review with Mr. Randall. Um, so happy to have you guys with us. And um, Randall, thank you for coming on. And talk to him about what's co- coming in the near future, sir. Well, you know, uh, this week uh, we went ahead and uh, August 20th and 21st here at the Orange County Convention Center. The HBCW will be back as part of the Florida Kids and Family Expo. Uh, it's a daytime event, so the expo, I believe, is happening between 10 and 5 each day. Check those times on the website. But, uh, you know, we announced who our first person is going to be, and I think it's somebody that some of the listeners who have been listening to the show for a while have uh, have heard from. We want to go ahead and tell them who that person was? Yes, sir. The Honorable Miss Cassandra Golden. Man, I love seeing our people get work, and uh, bro, I'm excited about it. 
I'm excited about it for you, bro. So, guys, um, thanks for coming on the WWB podcast. You can follow us. And at- check, out, yeah, check out that interview with Cassandra Golden that's, on the, uh, that's in the archives, if you haven't listened to it before. Yeah. Very interesting to hear about her story. Go, yes, please. I encourage you. Go back to that. Yes, go back to the episode with Cassandra Golden. I can tell you exactly what episode that is before we finish up here. Um, the episode with Miss Cassandra Golden is... Do, 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 do. We are going back to episode. While you're looking at that, check out HBCW on HBCW Wrestling on YouTube. Uh, you can also check us out on Facebook, Instagram as well. And it seems like that interview with Cassandra Golden was on episode. ready. <laughs> I know, right? Let's see. It is back in the day. Back in the day. Let's see. It's, it's, let's see. It had to be this year, hadn't it, right? Or ending the. I'm checking, guys. We were both showing our age. We are trying to. It was episode. It was from February 6th. February 6th? Okay. So, yeah, so it was episode 36, episode 36. Yes. Go back to February 6th, episode 36. And now we're all the way at episode. This episode will be episode 70. So uh, when it comes out. So, guys, thanks for coming on. Follow us uh, on Instagram, WWB podcast underscore. Or you can send us an uh, email at WWB podcast fan at gmail.com again wwbpodcastfan at gmail.com we, we we're happy to, to listen to you guys ha, we had a, we've had a recent listener on before eric eric who's really dope and we want to have you guys on too if you guys want to do call-in shows or something we, we're open to doing it all so thanks again for coming on w w b peace Dance up,